0: Hi everybody, uh, I was working in a garden the other day, um, <clears throat> and I had my blower, I've got an electric blower, it's really cool, <laughs> and when I accidentally uh, blew a pot off um, this ledge, and it was must have been very light, and it toppled over and it fell onto the concrete path below, and completely broke. And I was like, oh, Barry, you know, (laughs) what have I done? And, of course, you know, it was clumsiness, but also, you know, these things happen. And I've actually got an insurance policy for much bigger things than a pot. (laughs) But um, I immediately knocked on the door of the house, and I... um, I, I spoke to the owner and I apologized and said, look, I'm so sorry for what I've done. And I offered to to actually um, pay for a new pot. And she said, no, nah, that's you don't need to do that. It's fine. And look, I, I was happy to give some money uh, to make amends. That's the topic of this particular podcast or, or vlog that you're watching um, for what I'd done. But she wouldn't hear about it. A pot is one thing, isn't it? You know, a broken pot. But what about a broken heart? What about something absolutely significant you have done relationally and you want to make amends (coughs) for for what you've done? And the definition of making amends is to do something to correct a mistake uh, that one has made or a bad situation that one has caused. Now it's relatively easy when it's a broken pot, isn't it? <laughs> when it's got a financial basis, you you offer to pay for the cost of replacement, and you might pay a little bit more, you know, to sort of just say you're sorry. Yeah, it's relatively easy, but and also perhaps like the justice system is involved and maybe a sentence is imposed by a court or something like that to make amends for your crime. But how often do you see on the news um, victims that still hold the pain of what has happened to them? Even though the perpetrator has shown incredible remorse, they've apologised and possibly have paid in some way like in a in a fine or a jail sentence or something like that. You see, um, reconciliation is both a head thing and a heart thing. And <clears throat> there's a story in the Bible about a man who chose to make amends. And it's the story of Zacchaeus. And I'll read you the story. Uh, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. By the way, Jericho is quite a, quite a large town so there was a lot of people in it. <laughs> and a man What man was there was named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector so he was up in the ranks of tax collectors, he wasn't just a little as in tax collecting and he was rich, the bible says he was rich and he was trying to see who Jesus was but on account of the crowd he could not because he was short in stature Other words, otherwise, he was short. (laughs) He couldn't see over the top of people. And so he ran ahead. He was forward thinking, you know, ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he knew that Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down. And was happy to welcome him. And all who saw it began to grumble. He's gone. Jesus has gone to be the guest of someone who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord. Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I'll pay back um, four times as much. And Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house. Because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and save the lost. Now. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Not just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector for the Roman Empire. And. Those days tax collectors would often steal or skim off the top of the tax. And. So they were absolutely loathed and hated. Not just for serving Rome, but for the feathery of their own people. And so when Jesus said he was going to have a meal, probably the most hated man in town, people began to grumble. <laughs> a sinner, a major sinner, like a thief and an all-round scumbag. And Jesus was going to his house then um, Zacchaeus becomes aware of his absolutely appalling um, n- the appalling nature of his crime. And he, I think that's what, that's what happens when we come face-to-face with Jesus, that we just see the yuck. <laughs> but he wants to change. He wants to change the scene and the relationships with the people in his community. So he promises to give back or give half his possessions to the poor. You think he's a rich man, half of it. And to anyone that he's defrauded or stolen from, he'll give back four times as much. You See, Zacchaeus knows the law. In Exodus 22 verse 1, it says, Whoever steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, must pay back five head of cattle for the ox and four for the sheep. So, if you steal a sheep, <laughs> you've got to pay back four. That's a huge penalty, isn't it? Zacchaeus, so, he has stolen and he's willing to pay back uh, four times what he has taken. And also to give the poor half of all he has. Now you can imagine the people in the village were being shocked by what he was doing. He he wants to make amends with the people. He lives with, them. and it's not only words; it's shekels in the purse. The debt is paid, and everyone is happy. Actually, we don't know the rest of the story. Perhaps some still held a grudge and were bitter and unforgiving. You see, it's one thing to follow the rules and be prescriptive in our compliance, but does it actually touch the heart of the person that's the victim? I think the story of the prodigal son, it just has so many beautiful insights about repentance, reconciliation, hope. And we also find some um, insights about how to make amends. It, this is the story, you've probably heard it, but this is, I'll read the story again. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of my, the estate. And so he divided his property between two. Not long after, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and then squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went to feed the pigs. Pigs. For a Jew to feed pigs. Just think about that. That's just the worst thing. He, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Couldn't even get pig food. When he came to his senses, he said, Look, um, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will sit out and go back to see Dad and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. Okay, that's important. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth, heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, and actually if you look into the translation, the father said to his slaves, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on, and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let's have a feast and celebrate. Well, the son of mine, he was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older brother, the one who'd stayed behind, <laughs> who didn't claim his inheritance, did everything right, supposedly, he was out in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing, the partying. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Brother, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. <sighs> the elder brother was furious, angry, and refused to go to the party. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, yet you have never given me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, of yours, <laughs> who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you will kill the and calf for him? My son, the father, said, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. That's Luke 15, 11 to 32. You see, the son... Um, the prodigal son comes back to the father with an attitude of service. How can I serve you? How can I make amends? The way that I could probably can do this is just to be your employee. But the father's heart has been hurt. But this is his son. And he can see that there's been an attitude changed from entitlement to abasement. Hearts here with a fullness flowing um, into, you know, these two hearts, they meet with a, a fullness flowing into an emptiness. Uh, a party of reconcil- reconciliation music awakens the neighbours, including the son this his brother. Now, if the son had come to his older brother and offered to be a servant, I think he would have been turned into a slave. The debt would never have been forgiven Always a grudge Always a grindstone to work at So when we make amends We come as a servant Not as a slave Never as a slave And if someone is enslaving you They haven't truly understood Their own need for grace And perhaps you're enslaving yourself And you need to give yourself some grace see Words can be cheap, but actions that back up the words can help you to make amends. Saying I'm sorry is good. But what actions will you take to show that it's more than words? For Zacchaeus, it was a financial reimbursement. That was how he served those he had stolen from. The action would have been actually handing over the money and possessions. Um, that salvation had changed that thing that Jesus is talking about, salvation has come to this house, it has changed something within Zacchaeus. Um, for some with addictions issues, it might be going to a twelve point twelve steps program. Maybe it's a discussion point with the wounded. How can I make amends? The victim may not know. Okay, The hurt is just so deep and complex that it will take time and counsel to get a grasp on the pain. And, and the pain might be so deep that nothing you do will heal it. Their pain is their pain. Pain is complex. It bounces off other, other situations in our life and all becomes a big pussy mess. But there is one who knows uh, the depth of every hurt experienced by humanity. Um, the prophet Isaiah speaks about Jesus as the suffering servant. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Isaiah 53 verse 4. And today, as I um, do this um, podcast or vlog, it's actually Good Friday, uh, 2022. And so it's a day where I'll shortly be going to a Good Friday service. Where we will focus on the cross. Where Jesus took up all our pain and bore our suffering. See, I have someone who I can go to is who is in the business of mending. <laughs> he amends my heart. And he can also amend yours. Look, we can never, ever fully amend the hurts of those we have harmed. Well, we would like to but they have free choice over whether to accept our gifts of love or not. Perhaps the pain they experience is echoed from previous hurts, and now it's just one big, giant mess of hurt. See, only the Christ knows all, can forgive all, and heal all. Here's some quotes to consider. So Thomas Aquinas taught that the corruption of the best is the worst. So the Bible is capable of great good, but all we understand is it at our own stage of emotional and spiritual development. If you are still a black and white, rigid thinker who needs certitude and control at every step, the Trinity will feel out of reach. Grace shows up when logic breaks down. Love that line. So you won't go very far. No matter what passage is given you, You will interpret in a stingy, vengeful, controlling way, because that's the way you do life. Richard Raw. Forgiveness is a choice. You choose not to be held hostage in the present to the injustices that occurred in the past. Shirley Glass. Forgiveness is not a single event, but a gradual process of increasing compassion and reducing resentment. Shirley Glass Forgiveness requires a a most unnatural decision to demand that the offender experience no punitive consequence for wrongdoing. Larry Crabb Be honest with people for their sake, not just your own. And remember, their response to you remains their responsibility. David Riddell Final quote Chronic remorse, as all moralists agreed, is the most undesirable sentiment. If you have behaved behave badly, repent, make amends, make what amends you can, and address yourself to the task of behaving better next time. On no account brood over your wrongdoing. Rolling in the muck is not best, the best way of getting clean. <laughs> I'll just huxley. I love that line. Rolling in the muck is not the best way of getting clean. <laughs> Questions. 1. Have you been in a situation where you have uh, tried to make amends? What helped? 2. What's it like when someone comes to you and wants to make amends with you? Number 3. Some things can't be mended easily. How does one heal and restore a wounded heart? Hey, um, thank you for watching or for listening and I just want to I just hope that this helps you with and when you need to make amends or when someone's making amends to you that um, this might, might soothe the way as such. And um, I look forward to next week and, and just a big thank you to those people who support Turning the Page um, for a few dollars in the kitty, how's <laughs> you put petrol in the car and a bit of food on the table. Um, if you'd like to do, be part of my support team Turn to the page.co.nz forward slash support, and you can find lots of ways to do it there. Okay, until next week. Bye.